0: Welcome to Digital First Leadership, the podcast that explores the essential principles and strategies for leading in the digital age. In this dynamic podcast series, we dive deep into the realm of digital leadership, equipping leaders and teams with the necessary tools to thrive in today's rapidly evolving digital landscape. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Richard Bliss, and you're listening to Digital First Leadership Podcast. And as you know, I have been participating in a project called The Most Amazing Marketing Book Ever. For those of you who are video watchers, I'm holding it up now. And this was a collaborative effort by more than 30 authors to come together and each write a chapter on their expertise. I was one of those authors, and I'm joined today by another one of those authors, Jeff Tarrant. Jeff, thanks for joining me.
1: Glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation.
0: Jeff, so let me let me introduce you by reading the um, the introduction, basically the bio that you have in the book. So here, here's what we've got here. As I, as I turn to the page at the end of your chapter, Jeff Tarrant is the COO of Gunderson Direct, one of the largest independent direct mail agencies in the U.S. And for over 25 years, he's helped mailers of all sizes, from startups to Fortune 500 companies, start and grow successful mail programs. You'll find more information about Gunderson Direct and how to mail successfully at GundersonDirect.com. And so, Jeff, does that accurately describe who you are? Close enough. Close enough. What would be something that people might not know about you as we uh, as we get started?
1: Uh, let's see. Ex-New Yorker. Uh, okay. Living in, the, a... living, living in the San Francisco Bay Area. So. I'm living in the San Francisco Bay Area now for most of my life, but an ex-New Yorker. Um, watch probably too much basketball for the health of any good relationship no, to my way, you, you cannot watch too much basketball. <laughs> are, and, you, oh, um, are you a Knicks fan or a Warriors fan? I
0: mean, where does it go there?
1: Uh, no, I'm, I'm a Warriors fan. I, okay. I, I was a season ticket holder for many, many, many years. Um, although I grew up a Knicks fan and always cast an eye in that direction. Um, and, um, a grateful dead aficionado, I would say. There you go. A very good friend of mine, David Meerman Scott, is a Grateful Dead
0: aficionado as well. And uh, yes, he never is. fails to mention that when we, when we get together. Now, I grew up in Seattle. And so when it comes to basketball, I was introduced to uh, Jack Sigma, Downtown Freddie Brown, Gus Williams, and uh, right, the Seattle Supersonics, which then drafted Kevin Durant, but he never played for them because he moved on to uh, Oklahoma as they moved the franchise there. So Love that you can never get too much basketball. So I love that. That's a great thing to know about. Okay. We're going to talk today about your chapter in the book, the most amazing marketing book ever. Now I'm going to, before I do, let me introduce the audience again to how this came about. There is a community, Jeff and I both belong to that community called Rise. This community came about because of a cryptocurrency organization under the guidance of Mark Schaefer, a very well-known marketing guru expert in the industry. From that, a community rose up. And then from that community, the idea of all of us creating and participating in the writing of a marketing book, each one of us providing our expertise. And so it was a collaborative effort. And I would encourage my audience listening. If you haven't had the chance to download the, the Audible version, because each author reads their own chapter. And I got to tell you, Jeff, it was fascinating to listen to the Audible and get to know all of these people that we had worked with. But actually, had never interacted, and hear the accents and the nationalities as people came from all over the world. I don't know about you. What was your experience listening to
1: that? Um, I believe it was the very first book that Amazon ever published that had that many authors reading individual chapters. So uh, it was an interesting challenge. I understand to get it through their approval process, but um, I enjoyed it. I mean, it, it's just it is a lot of fun. I'm only about halfway through the audible. Of course, I I read it. <laughs> as right? I, as you would think I would. Um, yeah, but it's a lot of fun. And it really is kind of interesting too, especially since we meet each other in these Zoom meetings. And now we hear each other more formally speak through our chapters. So it's, it's yeah. a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun.
0: We're going to talk about your chapter because it's kind of unique. And I say unique because it's old. It's old school. It is leftover, as I tell, my team tells me all the time, from the late 1900s, right? Uh, covered wagons and floppy disks. And before that was direct mail, the idea of using the US Postal Service primarily as a means of delivering your marketing content into the hands of the individuals you want to target. And that's what you talk about. So right. let me ask a question that some of the audience might be asking What direct mail? Do people still use that? And what would your response to that be?
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and actually we're seeing a lot more interest in direct mail now than we did just a few years ago. A uh, couple reasons for that. Number one is um, you are overwhelmed with digital messages. As a matter of fact, most of the digital messages you see, you don't actually see. So there are thousands and thousands of digital messages that pass you by. Um, so getting your attention has become really difficult and very expensive in digital marketing. So what we find are a lot of our clients, a lot of people who contact us, have gone, they feel kind of as far as they can building their business in the, um, in the digital space. They need to go the next step. And direct mail is another way to reach people. Obviously, it's a tactile medium. It can be highly personalized. The data we use is extremely viable data. It's uh, the most verifiable data on the planet is based on where you live, believe it or not. I mean, Um, just ask, just ask the IRS. Yes, they, they know. (laughs) They know. They know. And so, hey, how do you get your prescriptions? They know. So, um, so it's excellent data. So more and more companies are reaching out to us. And there's another thing, which is that there are just some products that will always sell better through the mail. And part of that is a trust issue. Um, Significant, Financial products such as mortgages, refinances, even credit cards, checking accounts, fi- um, a lot of subscription services. For whatever reason, people are open to receiving those messages in the mail in an acquisition format. Whereas online, they're uncomfortable with it. Uncomfortable getting an email that says "get our credit card." Very comfortable getting a direct mail piece that says "get get our credit card." Yeah, so those kinds of services. Uh, we also see marketing very consistently through the mail.
0: Yeah. And the credit card one is I might not want that piece, but I'm not certainly, uh, I look at that and I'm not threatened by that. I, I would be like, I'm not scared yeah. of, of if yeah. I'm interested, Hey, I'm like, well, this is legit. It came through the mail.
1: That's right. That's right. And, and the reason for that is you raise up, an, uh, uh, you raise another great point. Um, there are very few scams that go through the mail and that is because it's damn expensive.
0: <laughs> it's expensive, and there are laws in place. Yes, that you can get in trouble in a, in a hurry, right? Because we hear about it all the time.
1: Yes, there are interstate commerce laws, and also you can hide yourself behind servers, but you really can't hide yourself. Whoever mailed that piece for you, and if you're mailing thousands of pieces, you're mailing them using a mailing service. Probably, they have to know who is sending that mail, so it's it's fairly traceable relative to digital.
0: Which is is just kind of crazy that in today's world, that this move to the physical online is actually more secure, more safe, more, and people would not even think about that. Here's something else I just saw recently, Jeff, and I imagine you're aware of it. The younger generation is now being drawn to the physical concepts of mail, right? I'm thinking of my grandson, he's 10, sending him a postcard or sending him a text message, which
1: is he more excited to get? That's right. Right. That's right. He gets uh, thrilled by the postcard. Some of the highest um approval of engagement statistics come from Gen Z right now. They love getting the mail. Part of that it's it's novel, right? They're they're not getting much mail. And they won't get a ton of mail because mail, because it's relatively expensive, the customer acquisition cost has to be relatively high. So I mean you're not selling something that's a $30 item through the mail. You're selling something that will turn into a long-term subscription. It will turn into something that has a fairly significant long-term customer value. So uh, those people aren't seeing as much mail, so it's very high novelty. Uh, But as it's interesting, people say that the younger generations aren't going to respond to mail. It may actually have more to do, one of the theories is what they're interested in buying, not so much where they look for information. So when you are suddenly interested in owning a credit card, when you're suddenly interested in a mortgage refinance or something of that nature, suddenly the mail becomes the way you are happy to learn about it. So there's something about aging in to getting the mail as well as as well as anything else, but right now the novelty aspect for certain target audiences makes it really stand out and the other thing it does really well is it complements digital media. So I have seen a message about a given product a number of times. Now I see something in the mail that is physical. Somehow it just makes it feel more real um, and something I'm more interested in. And I can take my time and look it over. It's not a it's not a digital message that flashes by that I click on and forget. So it's kind of interesting how it's come around like that.
0: It has. And in your chapter, you identify some key ingredients to making that of collateral that piece of mail that mail um affected because as you've already identified it's not cheap that's right and you got to make it count and it's not like a cheap you okay do an a b test we'll throw out a thousand ten thousand a million emails on this or run an ad on google this way no this one you kind of got to get it right and
1: so there's some key things um that you have to do right right Absolutely. And number one among those, Richard, is data. Um, Do you play golf? I do a little, but I don't have the time. So let's say yes and no. Okay. I'm an even bigger no, because I've tried it. I like sports where I can bump into people and get sweaty. I don't like sports- (laughs) Basketball. (laughs) That's still back to basketball. There you go. I don't like sports where I have to be really, really, really careful like I do at work. So anyway, um, I don't play golf. So if you were to mail me a beautiful piece about a golf club membership. And you were to give me 50% off, you it would just be a beautiful package with a phenomenal offer and it would be trash. Yep. It'd go right into the recycling bin. Um, and that is something that it has to be really considered when you're developing a direct mail program. The targeting is absolutely essential because no matter how great your message is, your creative is your offer is, if it goes to the wrong person, it's it's recycle material. So uh So that is absolutely the number one priority is getting your targeting right. Um, There are a plethora of lists. There are new lists and data sources and ways to append and analyze data coming online every single day. And that's one of the things that as people who are in the industry, we have to stay up on. So your data is number one. Number two, not so far behind that, is an offer. And here's something that everyone who is new to direct mail doesn't always consider. You can't click on direct mail. (laughs) <laughs> really? I, I tried. Okay. You can you can Richard, don't don't hurt your finger there. The you can't click on direct mail. So everybody who responds to direct mail has to put the, the the physical piece down and go to another channel. That channel is usually online, it but it can also be a phone, phone yeah. call, depending on the product. Um sometimes you can respond through the mail. That tends to be more nonprofit oriented, but for the most part, the vast majority of response is going to happen online and lesser extent by phone. So when we're thinking of offers, what we're thinking of making people feel like they're going to miss out on something if they don't take advantage of our product, we need an offer that is strong enough to drive them to respond right when they're thinking about it, or at least put something on the top top of the I'll get to later pile. Right. And that has to do with the quality of the offer and the fact that that offer has to expire. If the offer doesn't, you know, FOMO is just a big part of what is going to make direct mail successful. So you need a good offer, and then you need an expiration date, and then you need the creative, the actual piece itself that tells the story just enough so people are interested, doesn't overtell it, doesn't over try to over do anything because Limited attention span is what we all fight in every channel every day. And then really direct people to how to, to the call to action. What is the offer? How do you take advantage of it? And why should I do it right now?
0: Yeah, you bring up an interesting point because uh, there is an, a subset of individuals. Um, I don't want to pick on marketing, but people who believe that the picture, the graph, the imagery, that's what's going to get people to stop. And that's what's going to get people to interact with your content. But there is a, a counterintuitive response to that.
1: Well, I want to say yes and no. Um, in you know, direct mail, because you're holding something, there is an eye-hand response that is unique to that physical aspect. As human beings, we're kind of built in the eye-hand coordination aspect of it. That doesn't happen online. So when you pick something up and it is highly graphic, it does stop you and make you want to absorb it. So in certain instances, for example, if a major retailer is doing a sale, a very graphic approach showing what they're selling, a big 20% off when it's happening on a large postcard is going to work. Yeah. Okay. On the other hand, what we find is, a lifestyle approach only goes so far in a lot of the more serious products that people want to buy where they're more interested in information than a couple strolling on a beach. So we have to be thoughtful about it, uh, about what imagery we use, when it's going to work. And with direct mail, unlike other channels, we have a lot. All, it's all print on paper, all yeah. ink, visuals, etc. Uh, but we have decisions to make re- related to format. And different formats dictate different visual styles as well. You expect to be able to pick up a postcard, look at one side, flip it over, and get the message. For some things, that's absolutely good enough. Other things, you would kind of be offended if you got a letter that said, hey, Richard, here's you know $40,000 uh, towards your next refi if you can... Um, on your house, based on this address at this, you know, for this amount of value. And that, you know, these are just more personal messages that yeah. require more information. Um, so we put them in an envelope and we make either letters or flyers out of them so that they can communicate differently. So the format we use is a very big part of the creative decision making when it comes to direct mail. Yeah. And I've
0: seen having uh, been in the industry for a long time, like you have, I can recall a young man that I went to work for, he was a competitor and he launched his business with a letter. He had them, now this is pre-social media, and but he he took a letter, two pages, typewritten, printed it out, but it's two pages of typewritten, no graphics, and explains the business model of how he can help them solve a very specific problem and mailed it to a bunch of law firms. Mm -hmm. and boom, had phenomenal response because law firms were interested in solving a particular problem. He gave them all the details they needed in the letter. It was very personal, turned around and became a phenomenal direct mail piece. But in some ways that wouldn't even feel like a direct mail piece because so many people would think, well, where's your graphics and where's your offer and where's it? It was like, no, he just laid out, as you said, the information they needed to solve a very specific problem. That he knew they had. And so I have seen that work so well. Um, but you, like you said, you have to know your audience, though, in this case, right. very specific.
1: That's right. And the other thing you have to know is how they are going to want to research the information that they need to make a, a purchase. Oh, so, for example, now almost everything we do, I talked about the importance of an offer and a call to action. A very significant part of that is saying, do we want them? Do we want to teach them this on the website? Do we want them to download an app? Do we want them just to make a call? What do we expect them to do? Is it to go out and fill is it to fill out a form right away, type of thing? So we've got a lot of thought process that goes on to how we want people to respond. In the old days, yes, you wrote two and three page letters and you told stories and you brought people to it. Now a lot of what we do is is work with our clients to make sure that their landing environments are optimized for the people we're sending them to them because we know virtually everybody is going to probably do some online research before yeah. they make a purchase. And if we understand that, we understand how that funnel is going to work, what people are going to do, we drive them to an action that works best for us, which is go to our website to learn everything you can that we think you need to make a decision.
0: Yeah, and so I find this fascinating because so many businesses are looking for ways to reach those customers. Obviously, I talk about LinkedIn being one vehicle to do that, but the more I have thought about it, the more it's become so important. For example, you bring this up in your chapter and that is the ability to do print on demand means that you can provide offers in such a way that you don't have to print up a bunch of stuff that when they get a response, boom, a a, a mailer goes out. Easily customizable based on their
1: information. You want to talk about that just a little bit? Yeah, that's really a fascinating uh, aspect of what's going on. I mean, at at the highest level, um, we are always trying in direct mail to get closer and closer to actual intent. So it's very easy. You know, it started with well, you know, you're eighteen to thirty four, you earn seventy four thousand dollars a year, you live okay. That's the best we can do. Um, we use, now we use transactional data to say, Hmm, based on what your stuff you're buying, uh, we think you're going to be interested in buying this type of thing. Um, and a next phase on that is we will actually have a pixel placed on a a client's website. And then what we will do is we will, um, model behavior of people who have gone to that website and ended up purchasing. All right. So, if you were to visit that website, and you were to model that behavior up to a certain point, but didn't buy, we will trans—we will take that data, we will um, append your physical address to that data, and within twenty-four to forty-eight hours, we will get a postcard or a letter out to you in the mail related to your visit to that website, based on modeling your behavior. As someone who looks like they are interested and that specific mailing can, can have a unique offer to drive you over to the purchase hump. It can address some perhaps an issue that we see people who leave um, have when they exhibit a certain amount of intent but don't buy. So that is what we're doing now. So that, you know, the the most efficient way to use direct mail is to print thousands of thousands and maybe millions of pieces of mail and mail them all at one time. Right. Perhaps the more, in many cases, the most effective way to use direct mail is someone has shown real intent, and the cost of that mail is going to be two to three times what it would be if you were one of a million. However, if your intent is strong enough, then it's worth it to spend that money and get something in your hands with a unique offer for you based on how we've modeled your behavior through the website.
0: And I think that's just so amazing. I have something. um, My I have a book out called Digital First Leadership. And the service I use allows me to customize the dedication page to every person I send the book to. And so I will send a book to a prospect or maybe a recent purchased customer or a client. And they're getting a unique, one-of-a-kind copy of my book, right? Because when they open it up, there it says, Brian, thank you so much. It was great to meet you. I hope that you find this after our conversation, blah, blah, blah. It's all in there as I wrote it up, and it has my signature and the date. And they now have a unique copy. I did this one, the gentleman that I had met and I said, did you get my book? He's like, yeah. And I was texting him. Did you get the book? Yeah, I got the book. Um, Did you look at the inside? And he's like, no, why? And then a few seconds later, I get an OMG because here's this long dedication in the book to this individual that I had met. And so this ability to, this is a high, now in my case, I'm I'm looking at $20 a piece mailing. That's a high, that's a really expensive direct mail piece. It sure is. But if that turns into a $10,000 sale, then it was well worth, and you know, if I get a 10 to 20% hit rate on the, the amount that I send out, ah, oh, that's supposed yeah. to pay for itself real fast.
1: That's right. Well, you've got a high lifetime value there. So yep. obviously, and you know who you're you're marketing to, but also um, it. What's interesting is you could have, a, a, you could send that same message in an email and it's equally personalized yep. and it would not have the same effect as seeing your name in print in a physical aspect of that nature. There is just something about the uh, physical personalization that goes on in print and our ability to use variable data, which is now becoming, you know, uh, like 100%, yeah. a hundred percent basically. every Yeah. Everything in every mail piece can be 100% variable if we want it to be. Um, You know, there's just something that is strong about the the impression it makes and the value of that communication, especially relative to digital channels. And it's just the way people are wired. How would, uh, Jeff, how would people find more
0: information about what you're doing? Because I've got to believe that for somebody, this is maybe entering their mind for the first time like, oh, I should go back and think about direct mail. Uh, I haven't done that. Where should they go to find out more information?
1: Well, I'm glad you asked. Obviously, um, you know, one of the things that goes on on our website, we have a very robust content library on our website, um, lots of blogs, a lot of information. A very interesting uh, tab on our website is our ROI calculator. You can literally go into that calculator and you can say, I want to mail 20,000 pieces of mail. Um, I think I'm going to make, um, you know, it's this format, um, uh, It's and we'll calculate your postage and, and everything and basically tell you what do you think your response rate is going to be, so you can play with that. The other thing is, I am really happy to answer any questions people have. It's one of my fondest evangelical wishes that people just keep reaching out to me so I can spread the word on direct mail. And my direct email address is jeff, J-E-F-F, at Gunder, which is short for Gunderson Direct, so it's G-U-N-D-I-R.com, Gunder.com. I'll answer any questions you may have. I'm on LinkedIn. You can look me up at Jeff Taron and uh, reach out to me there as well. But uh, we are really kind of happy to work with anybody who has interest in the channel because, again, we're one of the largest independent direct mail agencies, and we'd like to spread the word.
0: I'm going to ask a question. You spelled it G-U-N-D-I-R. Is it D-E-R mm-hmm. or D-I-R? Gunder D-I-R, Gunderson Direct. Because when I look on the website, I see Gunderson with an E-R, GundersonDirect.com.
1: You can, you can put in, yes, you can go to Gunderson Direct, the whole word, but if you're going to only do six letters, G, do G-U-N-D-I-R. Okay. Because it's it's short for Gunderson Direct. I uh, got it. Yeah, Gunder yeah. got right. it. Well, I'm glad yeah. the
0: clarification because you are not except first person. <laughs> <laughs> <I know>. No, <laughs> it must <was, laughs> not Jeff at Gunder G U N D I R dot and exactly. they'll be able to get ahead of you. And then you are Jeff Tarrant T A R R A N on that's right LinkedIn. That's right. Well, this has been a fascinating conversation. It's a topic that I am extremely interested in, just because of the capabilities of what it can do. And uh, so I appreciate you taking some time. And it's been so wonderful to work on this project and now to get to, get to meet the authors just like yourself. So thank you for joining me.
1: Thank you. I enjoyed your uh, your chapter as well, Richard. It was a great contribution. Thanks, Jeff. You've been
0: listening to it's Digital First Leadership. And what we've been talking about is not necessarily the digital side, but a blend where you take the direct mail piece and can blend it with your digital uh, activities online. And my guest has been Jeff Tarrant who is an expert experienced in this concept of direct mail. In today's digital first world, there is still a very strong play for the direct uh, aspect of your marketing efforts. Thanks for listening. Take care. You've been listening to Digital First Leadership, the podcast where you learn to leverage and build your expertise on digital platforms. For more valuable tips on mastering the language of social media, subscribe to our newsletter at blisspointconsult.com. If you'd like to stay in touch, feel free to add Richard on LinkedIn and join the conversation.